I'm Damian Bulwa, Managing Editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, California's top public health officer steps down in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. What happened and what does it mean for the state's response? Here to talk about it is health reporter Aaron Alday. Aaron, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me again. So Aaron, you write today, we're talking on Monday, about the resignation of the health officer for California, Dr. Sonia Angel. And you say that it came as a shock to many local leaders. What happened? Right. So just kind of suddenly out of nowhere over the weekend on Sunday, uh, Dr. Angel sent out an email to her staff in the California Department of Public Health and said she was resigning effective immediately. Uh, Nobody saw this coming. Um, Everybody I talked to today, you know, they were stunned by this, um, had not anticipated this. um, And, you know, had their guesses as to what's going on, but really were kind of in the dark as to, you know, why exactly she was leaving um, and, you know, what this sort of meant for, um, you know, for her future. Now, it came as a surprise, but it also came as that department and and the doctor is under fire for um, for the last week in which Gavin Newsom has has talked about the trends of the pandemic, but with less than perfect information, right, with some bad data. Correct. So, you know, on the, like, you, like you said, on the one hand, this was really surprising and kind of uh, very abrupt, her departure. On the other hand, it comes just as the state has been reporting this pretty major data collection flaw um, over the last week. Um, the flaw, actually, the the uh, the glitch in the computer system goes back to about July 25th. But what we learned last week was that basically the the state's you know, uh, data collection system, which is where they get lab results for every single infectious disease in the state, including all of the coronavirus cases. Um, it had a pretty major meltdown um, at the end of July, and it meant that a, approximately 300,000 lab results um, went unreported to the state and to the counties over about a 10-day period. Um, and that was that was one big problem, um, and it was caused by a couple of different glitches in in the state's um, you know decade old computer system. But on top of that, um, and perhaps more meaningfully, although it's hard to it's hard to know for sure, um, the state or the, the the state department of public health and Dr. Angel knew about this error um, sometime at the end of of July, around July July thirty first, or maybe very early August. Um, but Gavin Newsom only, Governor Gavin Newsom only learned about this um, on August 3rd, and he learned about it after he had been sort of um, bragging a little bit about California's numbers looking pretty good, like we were coming out of this surge. And so he he went out in public and was talking very favorably about these numbers, only to learn after the fact that there were some some major um, problems with those numbers, that they weren't actually an accurate representation of what was happening in the state. So as you might imagine, there was surely a lot of frustration um, with the governor and, and his staff from that. And indeed, the the Health and Human Services Agency director last week had had said um, during a media briefing that that the people who who made these mistakes would be held accountable. Um, that being said, the governor is sort of hedged onto, you know, if this was exactly what led to Dr. Angel's uh, resignation, he did say um, on Monday uh, that you know, she had tendered her resignation and he had accepted that and that, you know, people needed to be held responsible for for mistakes. So I think that that was about as close as he was going to get to saying that that was that was why she resigned. 
Yeah, I want to read the quote from Gavin Newsom, who obviously doesn't like to be out there um, speaking about the coronavirus without all of the information. I mean, that's the uh, the implication. But he says, if it's not obvious, I encourage you to consider the fact that we accepted her resignation. But he wouldn't say specifically, right, if exactly what was behind it. He would not. He actually, the, the briefing was fairly uh, interesting today. It's worth, if uh, on Monday, it's worth if people want to go back and listen to it um, on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter. Um, he was kind of hounded quite a bit by by the media on that on that um, briefing. He, he really did, clearly did not want to speak about it. He kept saying that this was a personnel issue. He wasn't going to air details and grievances. Um, but as people rightfully pointed out, you know, she's the head of the state you know, Department of Public Health, um, people really have a right to know why she might be leaving. And he did, you know, eventually come out and say what you quoted there, which was, you know, if you put all the pieces together, people need to be held accountable. Um, she tendered her resignation. Then the governor accepted her resignation. There we go. <laughs> yeah. And and what does it mean for the response? I mean, surely it can't be good to be switching heads of the agency right now. It's interesting, actually. Most of the folks I talked to, you know, they they certainly and I talked with a lot of the local county health officers and some experts in public health who followed this stuff. Um, and everybody acknowledged that this is disruptive. It's not ideal to have this sort of change um, right in the middle of a crisis. But most of the folks I talked to seem to think it would probably not be a big, um, a huge disruption. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Partly it's that, you know, the machine kind of running the state pandemic response is run by a, a large number of people, including the governor himself, including, you know, the head of the Health and, Her uh, Health and Human Services Agency, Dr. Ghali. Um, and the truth is that Dr. Angel was was just sort of kind of one one piece of that team um, and probably not, you know, a major piece. She honestly hasn't been that much of a public figure in the response. She's been at some of the briefings, but hasn't really spoken much. Um, it's not clear that she was really driving much of the response here. Um, I mean, I'm sure that she she surely has played a role um, and her absence will be noted but, you know, the people stepping in for her, um, you know, I was told today it's it's two people that are actually going to step in and cover for her. And both of them have very deep roots in California public health. Um, they're very well known, including one of them is Dr. Erica Pan, who is the former Alameda County health officer, has been involved in California public health response for, you know, just decades. Um, so people are feeling good about that, that the people stepping into that role are known entities um, and very, very highly regarded. And also there's the fact that Dr. Angel, frankly, um, she had come here from New York City Department of Public Health, really had no connections to California. Um, she was brought in, appointed to the job by Governor Newsom back in October. So she was only on this job for a few months before the pandemic hit. And to be frank, a lot of people didn't know much about her. Even people who are deeply, deeply involved in public health in California never really said they never really got a chance to know her that well. And so, you know, it's not even necessarily a con condemnation of her, but, but pointing out that it's not necessarily going to be a loss that we feel very acutely. All right, Aaron, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you a little more about the data glitch and also about just the general trend, what we know about what's going on with coronavirus in California. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. 
Welcome back. I'm Damian Bolwa. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. I'm talking to health reporter Aaron Alday about the latest on the pandemic in California. Aaron, I want to ask you about the data problems in California that you've been writing about. But first, can you give us a little bit of a, of a refresher course beyond the obvious? Why is it so important that we have good data every day for all the counties? There's a lot of uh, important reasons to have good data. Um, a lot of it is we, you know, we use case counts. We use the actual, you know, number of positive um, results that come back every day as sort of our first indicator of of trends in our pandemic. Um, case counts are not a super accurate representation of actual infections in the community because every, you know, testing has been an issue. And so it's believed that our case counts are probably far below the actual inf- number of infections in the community. But that being said, they're they're somewhat reliable. They're, they're, they're pretty stable in terms of, you know, their level of accuracy. So they're, and, and they're our first, they're just, just the first kind of real marker we get of, you know, where this pandemic is heading. They kind of give us a glimpse of are our numbers climbing up, or are they climbing down, or are they plateauing? Um, and so that's that's key information for people to have for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, the state relies on case counts as part of its state watch list, which um, counties that are on that watch list ha- can't open certain businesses. Um, it plays into decisions on whether schools can reopen. Um, there's a lot of decisions that are made at least in part based on these case counts. And so that accuracy is is really, really important. Um, there's also the fact that counties need these cases. Uh, that's how they do their contact tracing work. That's where they first learn of infections and and start contacting people to, to stop transmission. Yeah, it's, if we're going to have faith in this system, if business owners, if schools, if parents are going to have faith in this system, we need to know the case counts are accurate, right? Because we've all sort of bought into to a pretty complicated program of of openings and closings and watch lists. Um, Aaron, um, tell us about the data glitch recently. What happened? So there's two elements to this data glitch. Um, and one of them is based on just this this infectious disease database, basically, that the, that the state built up about a decade ago. And it's it's designed to get in lab results from every lab in the state of any of, of a number of about 80 or so infectious diseases. Um, and in normal times when we're not in a pandemic, that system takes in about 200 lab results a day or so. Um, that was what the governor said um, today on Monday during a briefing. Um, obviously, during the pandemic, it's been far more than that. Um, so the system has been really, really overloaded. It's already kind of an outdated system. And the thing is, is, is a lot of the, you know, this this glitch is just based on the system being overburdened and not quite being kind of up to the task and um, just seeing delays in the reporting because of that reason alone. On top of that, um, there was a, a human error in the largest um, or one of the largest diagnostic laboratories in the state, Quest Diagnostics. Um, this is such a dumb thing, but they have a cert- certification with the state that gets renewed every couple of years. And for whatever reason, um, it wasn't renewed this year. Like it was just an oversight. It was forgotten. Um, and so for several days, that that laboratory, which is, again, is the largest volume of, of coronavirus testing in the state, um, just wasn't reporting to the state because of this this certification um, glitch. And so you had those two things combined. And, you know, as I said before, it led to about 300,000 test results that weren't making it into the state um, repository, which is, 
you know, a pretty huge number. If you do some rough math on that, you know, imagining most of those, if not pretty much all of those are coronavirus cases, a roughly 5% positive rate, you're looking at, you know, 15,000 potential um, positive cases that were were missed um, over about a 10-day period. Um, so what we're seeing now is it appears that the that that's they've identified the problem and they're they're now in the process of fixing it and these cases are are starting to kind of stagger back into the counties. Yeah, not exactly reassuring though that that these are small oversights that are leading to these massive massive implications. No, it's it's kind of horrifying and it's horrifying on both the the fact that there was this this really basic human error that was made but also the fact that this this data collection system we rely so heavily on it and it's clearly cracking under this pressure and you know the state you know governor newsom and and the head of the health and human services agency have said they're going to be building a parallel system for data collection specifically for the coronavirus so that's good news but who knows how long that will take and and what things are going to look like in the interim all right well, but we are seeing some good news right or some good numbers uh after we've been shut down now for what the last several weeks we are. We're seeing it's been about, I guess, about four weeks, so almost a month now uh, since Governor Newsom really um, reshut down a lot of the economy. Um, most folks think that the case counts, even even including these missing cases, that we're seeing enough of that drop that probably a good chunk of that is real, um, that at the very least cases are definitely starting to plateau, um, if not dropping, um, which frankly, after all of the surge we've been going through, even a plateau is is a really good sign. Um, more encouragingly, we're seeing uh, that hospital numbers are starting to drop, which um, that's a very good sign that um, that's very stable. Hospital reports are much more reliable than than case counts. They're not, um, they don't have the same problem with the computer glitches. So we can really look to those numbers and feel good about them. So I think that we have definitely enough data right now to suggest that we, we have had an impact on the surge. Things are definitely headed in the right direction. Of course, the problem is we need to stay this course for quite some time longer before we'll feel like we're, uh, we've got the numbers where we want them to be. Okay, Aaron Alde, thanks for joining me again. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Damien. Good to talk to you. Thanks to my guest today, health reporter Aaron Alde, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. 